Hey, folks. Welcome to Castle Talk Radio on PSN Radio Network. And with that being said, tonight I have the best pleasure in my life of bringing on a man who has been a friend of mine for, I think, over a year and a half, maybe two years at this point. And his name is Dave Milner. He goes by the name of the Unpleasant Blind Guy. You've heard him if you've listened to the EDL Radio Network or if you've listened to other shows, which he can introduce himself on. And he's got a beautiful connection tonight. The gods have smiled on us. And with that being said, Dave, introduce yourself, my brother, and we'll get on to the subject. All right. Uh, Good evening to everybody. Uh, My name is Dave Milner. I am the Unpleasant Blind Guy. I've had a show since 2013 on, uh, well, first on High Plains Pundit Network and then through through SHR Media. Okay, I've got a a, a page right now on Spreaker.com and regular show times, Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern and Saturday at midnight Eastern. I also am second banana to Jeff Mitchell, who runs the English Fence League radio show and that podcast at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Thursdays and Sundays here in the United States. And, of course, that's 8.30 p.m. in the U.K., and I'm also available through the Western Free Radio Network. And, yeah, I fell in with uh, Kaiser something like about, oh, a year and a half, two years ago, something. Um, I just looked it up, Kaiser, um, as I was uh, preparing the uh, program, the last one we did for my page. It'll come on the day after the election. Uh, that's was our fourth show together. So um, it's been a good and interesting association. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And with that being said, we did a really good show on my page on uh, YouTube, Sword Point Nine, all lowercase, spelled like it sounds, Sword and Point, Sword Point, and the numeral nine. And um, we're going to continue on with that conversation. If you want to guide the topic, and we'll j- just bounce in from there. Well. I tell you what, Kaiser. Um, if you want to, um, if you want to be the pitching machine tonight, uh, you can go ahead and throw out whatever topics you want. There's been a lot of stuff popping up all over the planet, having to do with the Wuhan virus lockdowns and um, anti-lockdown demonstrations and uh, things of that nature. I'm just sitting in here in my living room right now, um, and... By the way, we, we on the network call it the Kung Flu, just letting ah. you know. <laughs> ah, so. Well, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, wrong country. I, I, I apologize to my Japanese brothers and sisters, I apologize. All right. Um, no, no, I, I call it the Wuhan. To me, it's just the Wuhan. I mean, th- that's a heck of a lot easier than calling it the... Chinese communist Wuhan coronavirus. What? Blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah, the right. the the crazy flu with the people with weird eyes. The communist. No, I'm just playing. Anyway, so uh, here's the thing. It matters not what you call it. The thing is a flu, and um, the overreaction has become political. And it's been noticed globally, and it's something we were talking about subverting the West on our show on my page. And it is proven to be. I mean, now you have the Florida. The only governor in this nation that has any sense at this point is the Florida governor. And thank God that uh, um, 
um, Angel lives in Florida. He's reaping the benefits. He's reopening his state. And you have the idiots in New York and in California doing weirdness. And it has become a political football. And you've even seen outbreaks of, I was shocked. Uh, you had uh, Corbin's brother, who's a left winger, uh. and, and David Ike were out there leading the charge against the lockdown in England. Damn, and, and yeah, and I understand that, but those two were out there leading the charge against it, against the lockdown in England. You know why that is? And oh, I do. I mean, that they're trying. And guys, they're trying this in the United States too. I don't want to. I don't want to like interrupt you there, Kaiser. But they're trying this mess in the United States too. The left is trying to glom on to this increasing feeling among the people that these lockdowns are unnecessary. But guys, don't be fooled by this. People listening and people who want to share this, don't be fooled by this. It's the left that have kept this country closed down since early summer. Trump wanted to open it up. Okay, and it's right. been the left all over the world, really, who have who have kept all these populations locked down. And at the same time, you have these parasites like Corbin and Ike. I, I I've seen his name. I saw his name in print. And I wanted to call him Ick. I think it's probably kind of the same thing. Trying to bit surf off of this thing and get something for themselves on it. And I think it's friggin disgusting. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Man. That's <laughs> that's where I, that's no. no. No, you went exactly where I was going, brother. Uh, so I have no problem with that. It's been the pressure cooker they built. Now they're trying to glom onto it like they're the ones trying to release the pressure. Mm -hmm. But they're causing more pressure to the system. This is a color revolution, cut and dried. Me and you were talking about it on my show. Mm -hmm. And uh, out of all the seven things that are designed that we have, to create a color revolution, the only last two, only the last two are needed to be filled. And that's a popular uprising and then an overthrow of the government. And that's the only two left. And I've said this numerous times on my program, I think on BZ's and on your, uh, when, and when we've had our conversation, um, the coup stool needs three legs and they, they're the three M's. Without any one of those legs, that stool will not stand. You can't sit on it. And that's money, military, and the media. They have the, or the money. They have the uh, media. They do not have the military yet. They're trying to fool people, bringing in these old intel has-beens, uh, Obama leftovers and Clinton leftovers, and, and people with left-wing bents. Don't believe the hype when they say certain generals like McChrystal and Obama had a big out, you know, when McChrystal made comments about Obama. No, he's still a game player. So you can't trust anything that's coming from the left at this point. And that's why they're trying to make this move to make it look like, oh, the, the military and intel are all for this. No, they're not. And I've always said this, and you've heard me say it a million times, and so has Angel and probably people on this network. Uh, anytime you see the left and the right both hate somebody, that person's probably doing something correctly. Mm -hmm. And that's the most apt description for our president right now. Everybody hates him, but he's getting more done than anybody else. Your thoughts? Ironically, as you were saying that, ironically, his biggest 
rival in the 2016 primaries has exactly the same cachet. The left and the right both despise Ted Cruz. So, you know, I, I mean, I just think that's a great big fat irony right there uh, that <laughs> that this is the case. I, I mean, uh, just observing this stuff yeah you're you're absolutely right about this um angel you might not have heard this but uh, kaiser and i was basically saying that metaphorically speaking um if you want to kind of compare this to the bolshevik revolution um we're not in not in 20 we're not in 1917 yet but i estimated it to be in late 1915 certainly 1916 yeah, early 1916 at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably around February, January, February time frame. Mm-hmm. Lenin's already on the train in yeah. there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the whole, metaphorically, you're not incorrect. And um, Angel's from uh, Cuba originally. His family and him all immigrated. Yeah. Lovely, lovely for us Americans. He immigrated here. And uh, he's a blessing to a lot of people, and he's been around since Art Bell. Uh, I, I have a, a recording that we'll talk about after the show that he had found in his archives because he helped Art Bell produce his show when it went to, uh, I think it was called Dark Matter Network. I think that's Dark what it was Matter called. Digital. Yep, that's the one. Yep. Nice. Yep. And, and so uh, he dug it out of the archives. So for my Halloween program, I'll be playing that. Uh, cool. a special a special program coming up but one thing that you did bring up um is that the only uh people that are seeing this right now and it's funny how biden doesn't understand the problem he has the people are latinos who are from communist countries the communists and us unfortunately in south america and other places we're having our little battles, you know, the Sandinistas and, and also in Cuba and, and all these places. And they, some of these people actually were under the heel of communism. And that's why the Latinos in America, they're not in lockstep. And they shouldn't be. They're all free thinkers. And so I think the bigger discussion right now, and Angel can chime in on this, is probably within the Latino community between the people who have never had communism and the people that have, and and trying to dispel the myth within their own community. What's your thoughts on that, Angel? No, you're absolutely right. In fact, uh, the you know I'm part of the Cuban community, and uh, you know we we saw firsthand uh, you know decades ago uh, what socialism and communism does to uh, you know our country. Uh, what it did there, we we saw what happened in Venezuela. Uh, you know, we've seen what happens to a lot of these Latin countries that embraces socialism. And I, I put in a clip on my show earlier, which I got uh, thanks to Kate, who had a, a great show tonight, by the way. Shout-outs to her. And um, it was about communism and how the roads from fascism through all the way through socialism and, and all that leads to communism, which is all extremist. It's all the same thing. It's about a grab for power. It's about, it's about a destruction of the, of the way we, you know, look at life. It's about the takeover of, you know, your rights. 
And that, that's exactly what it's happening now. And the clip was from the 50s explaining what communism really is. And when you listen to it, you you know, you start to really pay attention to what's going on now. And it's almost word for word what's happening in the streets. What we're seeing from the people in Congress, what we're seeing, it, you know, it's... A lot of people like to say, oh, well, you know, white supremacy. They're the, the bad guys. Yeah. They're the fascists. Uh, well, yeah, but you, you have to understand, that was one part of it a long time ago. It doesn't mean that, you know, the only racist ever on the planet are white people. That, that's ridiculous. Racism comes in every color, form, uh, ethnicity. I know Latinos that are more racist than than white people, for crying out loud. <laughs> Uh, I know black people that are ten times more racist than than white people that I know, uh, and I know white people that have been racist also. Not racist. I mean, racism comes in every color and creed and, and religion; it doesn't matter. But the fact is, the extremists are the ones that take it to a level that always gears right into Marxism, fascism, communism, and again, it's all about power corruption it's all about destroying the fabric of the institution and right now i dare anybody to tell me there's a better country than the united states anywhere in, in the world i mean it doesn't exist if there was why is everybody trying to come here you're right and and i was having an interesting discussion earlier and this leads into what you were saying and also what dave i know where he's going with this because he's absolutely correct um in all honesty, sorry about that. That was uh, on air burp. Um, that was that was uh, like the drink from earlier. Coming back to say hello. That's all. I exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just saying hi. I'm back. Um, enjoy that. <laughs> but uh, but no. Anyway, so the the funny point about this is during this conversation, uh, and it's happened a lot, and it's the thing that everybody says. There's you know how do you fix communism? And I said, unfortunately, because of media narratives, the way the media now runs everything, media and academia, uh, they've lied about. There was actually a country in the 70s, Chile, who had Augusto Pinochet as a leader because he did do a coup against the communists. And they call him a fascist. He wasn't a fascist. He had a poor country. And he was using military surplus, and they happened to have German helmets because they were the cheapest ones to get. And uh, he outfitted his army and that stuff. And this is even uh, the communists were in charge when they were buying this stuff. So he used what he had to do. But the problem is that optics made the media say, oh, Pinochet is a fascist. No, he wasn't. He saved the country. There was 35 or 3,800 people that took one-way tele, uh, helicopter rides, and that was because they were devout. Un, they were. It's the old adage where you can't kill an idea, but you can certainly kill you. And these people were infected with communism. And it wasn't until he died, and they had a state funeral for him, and he was not president. And I said, that's the thing. You can't find somebody that will take care of a problem because of political will, get it done, and also surrender power, which Pinochet did. And they established a roundtable where both the left and the right, and there was left-wing government that took over after Pinochet left, like a couple, I think a couple cycles after. And he restored, you know, elections. And that's the thing. He did it right, 
and he got rid of the cancer, but it came right back. It's something that always reinfects because, unfortunately, it's us in the West that spread it through academia and our teaching system. You've been to college. Dave's been to college. I've been to college. We have all seen cultural Marxism and critical race theory now infect all of our universities along with the scourge of of Confucianism, the Confucian schools. So, you know, th- these are things. Dave, run with it, and then Angel can talk if he disagrees with anything I just said. Damn, that is a lot to follow, especially both of you. But I don't want to say Angel. I really I appreciate you in my country because um, people who have a background living somewhere else um, and coming to the United States and really seeing what there is here and having more direct comparison to what's really out there uh, have a uh, have a perspective that so many of these idiots in this country don't have and mm-hmm. yeah i Thank mean you. it's it's amazing and it's no wonder that the um, the latino community the, the people from uh, uh, from uh, who have roots in cuba and in other countries venezuela guatemala um, places like that uh, don't want people like biden and uh, and these people to win because they know yep. what it's like to have that boot on the neck the same as uh, some uh, the people in the visegrad countries in europe don't want to bring in the the hordes of Mohammedans that the EU is trying to push on them. They had they had to put on their necks from the old Soviet Union, um, and they don't want any part of that mess at this point either. It's amazing, guys. If you, uh, I actually saw a um, a uh, a double picture. They had a little. little videos and they, and they crammed uh, two videos into one um and this was on twitter and it was it was christmas this was last year the year before last um christmas in west well what used to be west germany it's now germany and uh, christmas in oh um i think it was poland okay in poland there were all these celebrations in the streets and you know all these uh these beautiful lights and parades and things and and it was awesome guys it was awesome sauce okay um it, you know it was it was a christmas wonderland and in germany it it, it was it was all dark and there were there were um barriers everywhere against uh, car and truck bombs and all this kind of stuff it was hard but that was the contrast and uh, so you have people who know what this is like now as far as as um ending communism getting rid of communism i don't know if either of you guys have ever read the book the stand but if you read that book and you get to the last bits of it um once once the devil is unmasked in that book all right uh, someone makes the comment i wish he would die and there's a kid in that book that looks at everybody and says he never dies and that's the thing with communism as long as there's evil in this world uh, there is going to be communism because it's going to be something that people will use to gain power over other people because they can. That's absolutely correct, and you not to interject, but uh, you know it's funny because when you you talk about 
there's going to always be evil in the world that's going to be able to interject these kind of ideologies. The sad thing is, is we're going into a, a, a really a future where a lot of the youth that, that we, you know, that are going to be gaining power within government have not only been wrongly indoctrinated and in condition to believe this nonsense uh, of socialism and in communism being the right path, but we're, we're talking about, we also have a society where we have a lot of technology and goodies and all the, these added uh, toys for the kids, but it's, it seems like there's a dumbing down of today's generation where it's scary how easy they're being indoctrinated to believe this this crap, and and it's hard to even get through facts to some of these people. You deal with actual information, and they don't want to hear it. They're so like uh, it, they're so bent on believing like the LeBron James of the world, or their sports heroes, or their movie stars. Like I saw The Rock uh, come on endorsing Joe Biden and and uh, Kamala Harris, and I'm like. Oh, that's a shame. I'm like the Rock. Really, he's never been political. He's never come out publicly and endorsed anybody. And now this is the moment he has to make a political stand. And the funny thing is, he comes from Hawaii, just like Obama did. Um, there's a, a whole socialist culture in Hawaii, uh, which he apparently is leaning towards. Uh, the fact that he endorses people that literally—you're uh, talking about a woman who is Jamaican, Indian. By birth, okay, that's her background. Her Jamaican family owned and traded in slavery until two generations ago. That means her grandparents are probably slave owners. So she comes from that world. She has been lying saying that she's African American. Now, I'm not a geologist, but there's no Africa, uh, no part in Africa that has an India or Jamaica that doesn't exist in the continent <laughs> of Africa. But I may be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's someone in the Bermuda Triangle. Something happened. I just <laughs> I missed it. Uh, but last time I checked, they were separate from Africa. But yeah, somehow she's African American, right? So there's that big lie. And then right. you have Joe Biden, who criminally uh, did. Uh, he should be in prison for the amount of families he tore apart in the 90s and 2000s with his crime act, which targeted young black males. So you you have the Rock endorsing. Family of a slave owner who's lying about her ethnicity, and a guy who literally bragged on video about putting black teenagers in prison, and how he called them super predators. And Bill Clinton signed the law into into effect in '94, and Hillary Clinton used the term super predators also. So literally, you have The Rock, who is loved by a lot of people, and he's endorsing really. Two of the most horrible human beings that this planet has ever seen, and he's talking about them like they're the care bears. And to me, that is horrible for kids to watch that because this is the guy they look up to, and they think that you know if he's endorsing them, they must be good. The orange guy must be the bad guy, and this is what you know the stupidity that's going on with our youth today and it all goes to the people they're looking up to people in the media their actors their actresses uh the indoctrination even from the music community we have rappers who are playing a bigger part in the indoctrination of today's consciousness for the kids than yeah. actual you know people that are are like good like but your parents 
You know, your teachers, your your police officers. When I was a kid, you know, while we had issues with the cops, one of the biggest programs for kids was the D.A.R.E. program to keep Mm -hmm. kids off drugs. And that was something that I joined as a kid. And we looked up to the police, even though there was problems with, you know, the neighborhoods that I lived in. It was never an issue to where it is now where they're, like, they're vilified, like they're from Mars or something. Like, people forget that they're human beings. And they treat them like they're like third world country, like Martians. It's ridiculous. The D.A.R.E. DARE program was drug abuse um, resistance education. Right. And what you said, I remember because I'd gotten out of the Marine Corps at that time when Clinton got elected before he got elected in 92. Anyways, um, I remember when this happened. Uh, It was under uh, Clinton and when... Uh, Biden put the act and everything in. New York had a, a shocking thing. Now, imagine this was shocking back in the day. A jogger in Central Park. These kids are wilding, and they raped this woman, and that was shocking. Four boys, and they always forget it was African-Americans and Latino-Americans that were did, did that, and that was the super predators that Hillary and Biden were talking about. It wasn't right. just Africans. And so the division bell got rung back then. And I remember saying, why are we talking about race? Race was not an issue, and I never saw it as an issue until 92. And Kendra, it was the Democrats who brought real that quick, up. The, that, that story you just mentioned about the four uh, young men, yes. that story, and it's ironic you bring that up, that is mentioned every time somebody wants to, like, you know, besmirch or talk about the president saying he's a racist because he, they say, oh, he's a racist. Remember that story about the four kids that he accused right. of being, the, and that's the story they're talking about. But what they don't understand was he was going off the data at hand at the moment. At time. Yes. And what was known at the time was that these were the accused, and he was looking out for the woman, for all the yes. women who hates Trump. Out there, are you leftists who think he hates women? He was worried about what happened to the woman in this, in this predicament. Had nothing to do with the race of the people. Had to Not do with the woman all. who was a victim in this thing. Yes, that's exactly correct. And she just happened to be white. If it would have been a Latino or a black woman running, these guys would have done the same thing. And I don't think they saw race. I think they saw they were having fun. Like they called it wilding. I remember that. And this was the media. And the media was helping Clinton ring this division bell. And we're talking Hillary has used that phrase. Bill Clinton used that phrase. And that's why I said it's. It, we say it's. I remember it shocked the consciousness of the entire nation because the media hubbub of it. Yeah, and Trump never used that phrase, by the way. All he said was that that they should be, you know, investigated because look at the victim. That's basically the gist of it. Find out. He said, "Find out the facts," and they've done. They need to be prosecuted, and they were. Uh, So the point being, I guess, even more so. Is it's it's not so much about an election. It's not so much about anything. It's about how the media molds a narrative. And Dave and you both brought something up. It's it's the emasculation of America. When I grew up, there were still World War II vets and Korean War vets and Vietnam vets that mentored me. And these guys were no bones. That's why my channel is dedicated mostly to mentoring young dudes. 
and I mean mentoring in a logical manner, with frank talk. And just like I brought up Pinochet, you have to bring up the hard subjects and talk about them so that you don't have people afraid to talk interpersonally. Yeah, we're doing it right now over the interwebs. But in reality, in the meat space, you get the same person that I get from you guys face-to-face. And that's the important part is realness and people having frank and honest discussions. And the hard discussions, because only with those hard discussions do you come to an equilibrium and we defeat the media's bias. We defeat what colleges have done and we restore masculinity and femininity within the world. You're never going to, and nobody should ever want to get rid of homosexuals. That's their own proclivity and that's their life. And that, and God bless them. I don't care. It's not my business what you do in your bedroom. That's a classical liberal stance. And there's a bellwether of a difference between a liberal and a progressive, a neo-prog, as I call them, neo-progressive. And there's a bellwether. First, conservatives don't really exist, but somebody who's uh, conservatives now are classical liberals, in my opinion. And there's a bellwether between a conservative and a neo-con. And neocons and neo-progressives, you know what they both agree on? Putting us in endless wars to feed the corporations and to feed the media for their, for their, for their daily media bites. And that's what this all is about. And that's my opinion. You, uh, Dave, run with it, brother. Well, when Eisenhower talked about the uh, military-industrial complex, he was talking about not only the uh, not only the war industries, not only the weapons industries, and the industries building aircraft and ships and things of that nature. He was also talking about universities, um, enabling universities with very, very, very large sums of money, and you see it now and and you've seen it for quite some time um there was a time when the most that a tenured university professor could expect would be uh, you know a suite of rooms uh, free food and board and everything at the college okay and a small salary now you've got these people making six-figure salaries with their own houses and all this kind of stuff. They're living large, okay? Uh, that is what has changed. The university system has become its own industry, its own growth industry, and it is supported by the taxpayers' money. And at the same time, that same industry is working to destroy the very government, the very people that support it, partly because they know that if we do switch over to a socialist-slash-communist system, and I'm sure Angel can, uh, can attest to this, their jobs are secure. They'll still be around because they will know the rhetoric that the government wants them to put out. Uh, global warming is a real uh, good example of that very rhetoric. So, yes, there's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of power involved. And some of these old dudes from back in the day saw what was coming, and they were absolutely right. Eisenhower was no dummy. Yeah, I That's completely right. agree. Yeah. That's, 
That's right, but you left something out that Eisenhower, when he said that, also was encompassing. As a former Fed with a couple of different agencies, three of them total, uh, mm-hmm. I can verify this. You have the SES, which is Special Executive Service, and the SIS, Special Intelligence Service. And that all that means are lawyers like Lisa Page and Strzok, okay, within the FBI. They were SES. Mm-hmm. Special Executive Service. They're making six figures, and they all live in one area. Robert David Steele's about the only one that's sussed it out correctly. In the SIS, you have people like that that are high level within the CIA, the NSA, and also with DIA and uh, the other agencies that are intelligence agencies. I don't want to get into all of them. I mean, we we can be on here all yeah, day. We'll be here all night. Uh, yeah, exactly. But the point is. DIA is about the only one that I can guarantee you are about 80% uh, people who are rational and you you can actually have good conversations with. It's only when you get into the SES levels that you start to see this creep in. And uh, the SIS for them because it's Special Intelligence Service. Um, you start seeing weirdness at that level. CIA, it's almost all infected, just like State Department. State Department, anyways, I don't want to get into the minutiae of that. We're going to be here all night <laughs> me talking about that. Um, but they're almost completely infected. And and uh, the NSA is now starting to write the ship, thanks to uh, General Mike, um, what, what's his name? He's the one who told Trump that he was being looked at. Mike uh, Flynn? No, no, it was not Mike no. Flynn. Mike Flynn okay. was incoming. This guy was in charge of the NSA at the time. He, Admiral, Admiral Mike, um, shit, forget the last name, it'll come. Admiral Michael. Mike shit, okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. you can go with that. <laughs> he, That's probably what Trump said after he gave him his message. So. Yeah. Yes. Well, it is, because Trump <laughs> moved his entire campaign from Trump Tower because it was wired for sound to his uh, campaign headquarters in New Jersey. That's why he did I re- it. You know, I remember I remember they when they did the uh, when they did the uh, transition of uh, power and he became uh, the official president. Uh one of the first things he said was that uh, he was wiretapped. Yeah, I mean, he said it back then. He was like, "Oh, well, they they, 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 they were surveillance." Saying, yeah. They made fun of him saying it was wiretapped. Yeah. But that's a colloquial phrase that's even used within the communities. Correct. Law enforcement yeah. and intelligence. And what that really means is digitally everything coming in and going out is being collected. And they did this whole mess where they were talking about when uh, Snowden leaked. I got new respect for Snowden when I had no respect for him because he left the country. Now I understand more clearly he did a Joe Rogan podcast and I understood more clearly why he did that, why he left. But when he dropped everything, and he was, and now everything, it's still there. It's just been renamed. They said, oh, that doesn't exist anymore. It's because you renamed a program, and, and that's classified. I can't get into it. But he outed the program before, PRISM. It's the same shit. I've seen the evolution of the intelligence collections all the way from carnivore to, to PRISM and to what's going on now. and. They would say it's just collecting metadata. Well, metadata yeah. means every fucking thing. And then you have the three hop rule nobody talks about. 
since let's say right now on this phone call, Angel, you know me, Dave knows me. Now we're all connected. Guess what? That's three hops. And then they can go three hops from you. So they can go look at BZ because of you, Dave. Mm -hmm. They can go look at uh, somebody else who you know, I guess, because of you. And Angel, they can go to look at uh, uh, Brandon because of you. And they can go look at, uh, let's say, Jaffe or, or uh, God forbid, um, um, uh, um, well, um, uh, <laughs> Joe Eminon. Because yeah, well, I, I think so, we, I think German on is probably uh, somebody that I want to look at right now. He's uh, probably not doing well, uh, but no, yeah, there's a, there's like they can branch off now and look in all different directions, mm-hmm. yeah, and re- and really like not only keep tabs on you, but really corner every move you make, every interaction you have, uh, friends, families, and it's all digital. So it's even easier than you would think. I mean, technology is making it easier and easier by the day and by the year. The leaps we've had in the last, what, 25 years alone has been incredible. But the stuff that, you know, they they have out for us to know about is the incredible one. Uh, But what's really amazing is, is the stuff we don't even know that they have, which is the stuff that they're using behind the scenes to really keep an eye on everybody so what we think that you know the technology that we have now is all this incredible stuff believe me they are so much more advanced they can take any part of your life and really dissect it to like the like the 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 very inch of the fabric that you're made of it's incredible everybody's wondering why kroger is saying oh there's a coin shortage now yeah there's not a there's not a coin shortage here's what's going on folks they're moving to a cashless society. So you have to use a debit card anytime you make a, a purchase so they can track where you've been. This is, you don't have to, if I'm going from here to Florida to come visit you, Angel, every time I stop to get a soda, they will know the route I took. Yep. And on my return, they'll know the route I took. And Dave, if I went and, and drove to visit you and talk with you, they would know the route I took and the route I came back. So yeah. it's about it's about people mapping, mm. and it and, gets worse. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. It gets, it gets worse than that because Kaiser, if you were to say you were to go down and visit Angel, and and you didn't want to be tracked, okay, um, which would be very difficult because you'd have to fill up your vehicle. But let's say let's say you didn't have to. All right, and let's say you you took eh, you know say five thousand bucks with you in cash, okay. Any cop that stopped you along the way could just confiscate that. It's like it eh, it eh, this is ours. Uh, yep. Yeah, anti drug stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can't have this much money. And they can take your car. Uh, and now uh, you notice the creep they're doing with the Second Amendment when they, when they thought the proud boys were going to show up in in uh Portland and do a big thing of uh, Higabaru, right? Mhm. They were like they're bringing guns from out of state. So they're going to try to affect that same kind of law if Biden gets in. If I want to go shoot in a Las Vegas match and I get pulled over within the states, don't think they won't put me on some terrorism watch list like I'm probably Look, if you're not on a watch list now, then you're not doing something right. Oh, yeah, and, exactly. and, yeah. and, and that's a fact. You know, you're not exercising yeah, your freedom of speech, and you're <laughs> yep. not exercising your Second Amendment, your third, your fourth, your fifth, your sixth, all the way, all every amendment. I say this every time I get a chance. 
Everybody keeps saying, my civil rights. Well, your civil rights come from those fucking amendments. And if you don't exercise those amendments, Mm -hmm. you will lose them, and you'll never get that right back. And it's the God-given right that the government can't take away. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights are handcuffs to an overbearing government. Those who fear fascism need to understand, fear communism, need to understand that Bill of Rights is what makes you have the ability to fear it and to put it in its place. And we must have the will, the political will and the personal will uh, to implement those. Because if we don't, then the Constitution is just a moldering piece of paper. Exactly. And you need to have, and you need to have the uh, IQ power to understand that if we lose that piece of paper, mm-hmm. the results are, are going to be a total nightmare. And we need to not only know that ourselves, but we need to teach that to the next generation because it really is missing in this generation. Well, Angel, that's why I did a show in 2013 called The Way Back, and I still put it on my page once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, you can you can use DuckDuckGo and look it up. The Unpleasant Blind Guy, The Way Back, about 34 minutes, and it's about how we get this back if we lose it. It's it's a contingency plan, okay? Mm-hmm. And it does involve uh, saving documents, uh, some of our founding documents and some of our other documents that explain those. And there's a plan within that to teach our young people, uh, the, the young people that will bring up the next republic, what they need to know so that we don't wind up with something like the French Revolution and, right. uh, and you know, the... Uh, and the uh, reign of terror and all of that because there will be a generation uh, far removed from us. We will probably be long dead by the time these people come up. And they will, they will want to bring back a republic. And that's what the way back is aimed at. It's aimed at teaching them. And it could be a long time from now. Uh, remember, it took something like 1,800 years. Mm-hmm. From the end of the Roman Republic to the beginning of our current American Republic, right. uh, but but it will come back, and we should be prepared for it. So I'm I'm totally on board with what you just said. You know, I don't okay. think the, I don't think it's even going to take uh, that long. I think I'm, you know the world is starting to wake up. There's a, there's that saying that you you know sometimes you you push hard enough and you wake up the sleeping giant. I think that's what, what's happening. I think there is going to be a complete uh, renaissance of the conservative mind in this planet, where uh, we're, we're starting to look at you know the fact that this country is not a democratic country. It's not a democracy. This is a republic, and we have to deal with what you know this is uh, as what it is and what it's always been. And we have to understand these facts. The fact that they're going after statues of the past and they're trying to destroy Mm -hmm. our legacy. These are things they're doing because they want to erase who we've been. And you don't get better as a society if you forget the past. You're just going to be condemned to repeat it. It's Mm -hmm. the first thing every time Marxists take power. Correct. It happened happened in in, in Germany. It's happening now. Yes. It happened in East Germany. Look, I was a Cold Warrior. I've worked in East Germany. A lot of backstory that we don't need to get into. The point being is, I've seen this program before. And what you brought up about the French Revolution is exactly right. Our kids consider them as clay pots. My son, the school tried to indoctrinate him. 
it didn't take. And it was because he had me as a sounding board, somebody who's been mm -hmm. to war, spent his whole world, his whole life in warfare for this fucking nation. And that's not scratching my own back. I don't give a fuck about what I've done. The more important thing is those are the clay pots. And when you brought up the French Revolution, I'll tell you where this goes. Guess what happened after the failure of the French Revolution, uh, the failure of the fucking uh, retributions and everything that happened after that? It was Napoleon. Mm -hmm. Napoleon Bonaparte rose, and that was a strong man. And it was a renaissance for the French. But guess what? They still kept that infection of socialism from that. That was the problem. That is why Payne and Washington and Jefferson had such a horrible breakup. Because Payne went over there thinking everything's golden. It's just a revolution like we had. No, it wasn't. It was <laughs> much darker. And we're not going to have that kind of revolution. When you had the idiots in CHOP erecting guillotines, that tells you something where their mind space is. And it's Maoism. It's not Marxism. It's darker. It's a long march called Maoism. People need to research the long march in the book of Mao's book. And we'll have to go through that darkness to get uh, to the other side, to get to the light, you know. Um, yeah, that's that's right. And, and we'll have to march through that darkness to once again get to a point where, uh, where de Tocqueville was when he came over here to the United States. And uh, if you read how he worked yep. it, he was pretty sharp. <laughs> he came over here for basically for a job for the French government, and that was completed. And he was like, hey, I'll kind of hang out here and uh, and wander around this country for a while and check these people out. If you read Democracy in America, which, again, it, it is a republic, not a democracy, but if you read Democracy in America, it's pretty damned awesome. And that is... That is what we have to get back to, uh, that sort of thing. I agree with you, and I'll tell you this one funny fact. All these thinkers like de Tocqueville, everybody who saw America's greatness, pretty much in the 60s when Foucault and the other people were writing their, their works, they undercut it with communism. Mm -hmm. And it didn't help because we had... East Germany, everybody forgets the Cuban Revolution. The advisors were East German. When they did the revolutions in Africa, the communist advisors were East German, Cuban. And then when they did all their shenanigans in South America, there was a common thread, East Germans and Cubans. And here's the point nobody gets to. East Germany the former Stasi and FDJ and all those people that are retired from that shit are still getting their paycheck. And guess what, folks? Here's a little fun fact for you. The German officers of the Wehrmacht, the German army, and also those who were in the SS, the Waffen-SS, the fighting SS, the weapon-SS, that's what that means. Those folks are still getting their, their, their stipend, their pensions. It wasn't until, what was it, uh, 2000 and something, it'll come to me, when the Stasi leader, at that time, it was, um, 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 uh, shit. How do you, how do you spell that, that, by the way? Is that, that, how many syllables is that? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's a little funny. That's, are you sure he wasn't? Are you sure he wasn't Welsh? I mean, I'm just, I'm just asking. 
that's a, that's a little that, my Arabic coming through. La, la, that, that, oh, that sounded yeah. a little bit like a Joe Biden uh, moment because, that you had. Because, because <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it is actually a Joe Biden moment. Well, the teleprompter, go to the next line, guys. Go, yeah, to the, yeah, go yeah, down yeah. one. Down you, one. You, yeah. you know the thing. Come on, man. You know the thing. Uh, you know the thing. No, uh, you had Eric Honecker, who was the president at the time. And right. you had had Eric, um, and I'm mind dumping his name, who's the head of Stasi, and he didn't die until 2000 and something, and he continued to get his pension. And the most vilified person in East Germany, yet he lived out his life to completion. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the whole thing, folks. I mean, you know, they go after everybody, saying this person's that, this person's that. It's nothing more than dehumanization. This was written about, and we had our own people doing the same shit. And Obama and Hillary loved Hillary dedicated her one of her books or some shit to him, and it was um, uh, I'm mind dumping his name. He wrote Rules for Radicals. You're not talking about Saul, you know, Saul Alinsky. Saul, that's who you're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so we've had it infect our nation, and people forget the Weather Underground. A convicted terrorist, Bernadine oh, yeah. Dorn. And Bill Ayers, William Ayers. William Ayers owns a company that writes all curriculum for all the schools in the United States of America. Black Lives Matter. Lisa uh, uh, Berg, um, uh, last name Berg. It's the last part of her name. Anyways, it'll come Stumberg, to me. Something, yeah. Something. She was a part of the May 19th group. It was a terrorist organization, a lesbian organization she had called The Family, an offshoot of it. And I've talked about this. She is the one who handles the funding for Black Lives Matter and Antifa. So when they say there's no coordination, no funding, and guess where that money gets stiffened from? Act Blue. Those people, when you think you're donating to the Democrats, no. That money's going to communist insurgents. Well, it goes right back to Soros, and and of course... Um, he and others are are also financing Antifa on an mm-hmm. on an international scale. I've said this on other shows. Uh, Antifa didn't just pop up in the United States. It's uh, it has been active internationally for a long time. Um, yes. It started in Weimar Germany. Yeah, yeah that, there you go. They were trained by the Czechists. Mm-hmm. The Czechists were the original Soviet uh, before the KGB. They were the lineage of the KGB. And the Stasi agents back then, Eric, uh, his mind just dropped him. And by the way, Eric Schmidt, who uh, ran Google, ABC, this is a fact, folks. He's got East German lineage. Alphabet Industries. Is That's up. right. Yeah. And and so this is what you're looking at. And they're also... Excuse me. Why do you think the banning and stuff? This is shit Stasi used to do. It was called disintegration. And that's what we call deplatforming now. Oh, yeah. This is the fact. So you, you guys know who's uh, also behind a lot of the Antifa shenanigans going on? Who's uh, bailing these folks out of prison? And then they're actually looking at him uh, as a possible uh, you know, charges might be levied against them. Mike Bloomberg. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Th- that that wouldn't surprise me one bit at all. No. Yeah, no, they're chasing all. The, he's supposedly ba- he spent over like a hundred million dollars bailing uh, some of these Antifa thugs out of jail and uh, paying for their fines and everything. And uh, not only that, he's gotten prisoners out of jail, uh, paying for their fines so they can vote 
also Both. In, in, in Florida. That's against the law that's in right. Florida. And now yeah. he's going to face some uh, some problems because of that. Because now they're tying him to two major things. And the voting thing here in Florida, that's a big one. They can get him for the RICO Act on that one, I think. Angel, do you think, given, given the day that it is right now, mm-hmm. And when the election is, do you think that DeSantis or, um, or you know, his uh, AG can do anything to curb any of this before Election Day? There's a chance. I mean, uh, the media has to allow this to actually uh, be told to the public. Uh, that's the thing. Uh, it's really the media if they're going to withhold the, uh, the information or not. But there's a chance that they could actually make moves on this. I know that... Um, What's his name? One of the uh, uh, senators, Matt Gates, I think is his name. Uh, he's uh, really uh, pushing for uh, an investigation at, at Mike Bloomberg, uh, big time. So I mean, this is a good chance they might bring a case even before the election against him. Mouth of God's ears, yeah. Yeah, and if that happens, I mean, if they take him down, uh, I mean, think about it. He supposedly has put forward uh, about a hundred million dollars for some well, of this stuff. So the, if you want to know man, who's destroying your cities, there you go, guys. That's one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, the thing about the thing, these people also, sorry, uh, uh, Kaiser, I'll just bring up a short point. The thing about these people, uh, you know, Bloomberg, Soros, um, all of these um, all of these lefty billionaire guys mm-hmm. that are up into this, they're not in danger. They're never going to be in danger. It's people listening here. This is going to be you and your families that are in danger, whatever country right. you're, li- you're listening in. It's you and your families are going to be in danger. These guys are going to be behind, they're already behind their own private armies. Whatever happens, they ain't going to get hurt. It's going to be you. Please, go ahead, Kaiser. It's exactly. The two names I dropped was Eric Milke, and he was the head of Stasi, and the other one was um, Lisa Rosen's, Rosenberg. So, And she was convicted, and Obama pardoned her. So these things are facts, and that's what you need to know are facts and names of the people. Look, the names never change. They become his story or become myth. You know, there's something, there's Mm -hmm. a big difference between a legend and a myth, and it's better to be a myth than a legend. And that's what I'll say on that. I, I think that should be the title of this program because are we myth or are we going to be legend that's this pretty much what i'm looking at myths or legends not, not bad yeah. yeah as long as we have the three amigos we'll be okay <laughs> <laughs> hey that was a good show believe it or not i i bodyguarded well you know i bodyguarded steve martin angel you remember that picture i know, so, I know. uh um <laughs> Over in the Gulf War, I I don't think Dave ever saw that picture. In the Gulf War, I bodyguarded Steve Martin along with the team. Uh, he came over and entertained the troops the little he could because, anyways, it's a long story. But it, it was fun. It was interesting. It was one what of those. What kind of a dude was he? I got to ask you, man. What, what you know? In in reality, what kind of a dude was Steve Martin? What you see in the movies is yeah, exactly that yeah. guy, and there was no okay. difference. I have a really funny story about that, but I don't think we have the time for it. I hear you, man. Uh, but, uh, Actually, if you want, go ahead. I mean, uh, we're not, uh, yeah, we're going to run a rerun for uh, the show uh, with uh, Mitchell. He's uh, not he's not able to make it out tonight. Uh, so if you want, go for it. Yeah, okay, it's funny. 
Uh, Steve Martin comes in. We receive him. You know, we take him to a Navy center. It was Ross Al-Jabel. The first night, him and his wife came in. And she was lovely. They had a little gathering for him on this little compound. The Navy had had this compound for years before we got there. And uh, anyway, so we got there August 7th was our 30th anniversary, first FSG military police company. And so we received him. We took him out there to the compound, and uh, he comes out. It was hilarious. He's got boxer shorts on, and he's holding two socks in his hands. There's a pool separating the area from the fence, and he goes walking over tiptoeing now brother tiptoeing and he's got a sock in each hand right (laughs) he puts him over the fence i'm walking the perimeter for the evening i'm gonna be doing it right outside his door and around this little area around the pool basically and i see one sock drop as it dried and it just fell onto the ground and I even called Steve Martin when he was on Dennis Miller, and he remembered this. Uh, that was when De- Dennis Miller had his own podcast. Right. Anyways, the other sock, I see it dry, and it falls to the ground. I'm like, should I put pick those up? And I'm like, no, that'll look freaky, so I'm not going to pick it up or anything. And, uh, you know, I'm just, like, nervous because I don't want him to think, you know, I'm sniffing his socks or some weird shit. So I just- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I keep walking my perimeter and stuff and i'm just like oh well you know whenever he gets up he'll you know he'll probably wonder dude when he woke up the sun was coming up it was a beautiful morning i'll never forget it and i see him come out he's got uh his uniform pants on which were uh chocolate chips for those in the military it was six colored uh desert camo he's got his uh that and a t-shirt on he comes out the door (laughs) But he's barefooted, and he comes out the door, and he looks at the fence where he knows he put his socks. I can see he, he's, he's puzzled, and he puts his hands up in the air like he's doing, uh, what was that called, the the Egyptian walk like an Egyptian? No, what was it he used to do? Well, yeah, yeah it, it was kind of the Egyptian dance. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not yeah, the walk yeah. like an it's Egyptian. The thing King Tut, yeah. Yeah, King the King Tut. 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 There you go. King yeah, Tut. yeah. yeah. He puts his hands up in the air like that, and then he puts them down on his side, and he goes, puts them back up again, and he goes, where are my socks? And I, and it made me laugh so bad. I was, like, holding it, you know, and I'm like, uh, sir, uh, they dried and they fell, and I just let them stay there because I didn't want you thinking I was touching your socks. And he laughed. And he tiptoed over, grabbed one in each hand, and tiptoed back. It was the most hilarious shit. And that was him. He is his character is not a character. That is him. And he he was a good man. He I I thought highly of both him and his wife. They were very gracious, lovely people. And that's my story of Steve Martin, the funny thing that I saw and witnessed, and blah blah blah. So he basically plays himself. That's that's all right, man. That's all right. Yeah, it's it's yeah. refreshing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but you know, I've heard that from other people who have uh, interacted with Steve Martin that he's like very genuine. Like what he sees, what you get. Yeah, you would like him. He would be a hell fellow well met, and I mean that. You know, yeah. you, you meet certain people in your life that you just are like, wow, this is a good human being. 
Yeah. Male or female, it matters not. It matters, nothing else matters is they were are decent people. And that's just something that I think we're missing in America right now, besides masculinity, is the ability to discern who's a decent human being and who's not. Mm. And that's something that I think that discernment and the lack of discernment that we have now needs to be identified, polarized, and negated. And I mean that in a real way. I can't disagree. Yeah. Can't disagree. I mean, uh, we are so balkanized in this country right now, and I don't think we, I mean, I'm just going to be honest, I don't think we can come back, which is a damn shame, because one of the things I figured out early on, um, and this is partly from being treated as less than, because of uh, you know, because I'm I'm a blind guy and uh, I'm also one of these. Uh, I've got some vision, so I'm kind of in that twilight world. Been been treated as less than on more than one occasion, and one of the things that I figured out early on was I want friends. And I don't give a rat's furry behind what color they are or any of this other stuff. Okay, I want friends. I want loved ones, and uh, you know. The rest of it is just uh, is just uh, crude matter, so to speak. Okay, and especially for sadly, especially for younger people, they look at the crude matter first. All right, and and they don't look they don't look within. Um, you know, I mean, well, for instance, I mean, I don't know if you guys are into football. I'm, I don't think I don't think Kaiser is, is that much into football. But anyway, um, you know, we can sit down and watch a football game together. All right, um, and yeah, you know we'd, we'd have a good time. Or I'll give you a better example than that. To hell with that. Um, <laughs> I'll give you a better example. I used to work at the Fort Worth Lighthouse for the blind. All right, and of course we had all all races of people there. Okay, and mm-hmm. we we would have a lot of fun together, joking around and stuff like that. And yeah, once in a while it it would get racial. But here's the thing. The lighthouse was in one of the roughest areas of Fort Worth, the Hemphill area, and we loved each other enough to the point, you know, we didn't have to say it. We loved each other enough, though, to the point where no outsider better come in and mess with any of us because they'd have everybody on them, and skin color wouldn't matter at that point, okay? I mean, we'd be all, you know, we'd be all joking with each other and having a good time, and everything, and as I said, once in a while, we'd tell some racial jokes amongst ourselves, because we knew in the end that we all thought we were good human beings. There you are. You know what's no, funny? You, you know, real quick, you know what's funny about that though? Uh, we had about two weeks worth of that right after nine eleven, where everybody kind of came together, and it didn't matter what color you were, what country you came from, or whatever. We all kind of, we all saw what happened in the towers, and we all kind of bled red, white, and blue. And we all, you know, we we had each other's back for the first time. I think in this country, we there was a unity between all people, and it's sad that it didn't last, you know, long. And uh, oh, no. people say for uh, for everybody who says Obama was a, a you know a, a prophet for change. Well, no, he actually yeah. he didn't. The, the change that he did was he made us divisive again he and, he divided yeah. he was not a uniter he was a divider and, no and, that, and that and that's and 
like I said, the Clintons rang the division bell, and he didn't ring it. He fucking pulled that bell down. And what I'll say about this is, yeah, we had two weeks, and remember who was the lead speaker when Congress came out after the war started, and it was two weeks later, and the Democrats came out and said, oh, they voted for everything, but they were like, oh, no, we don't like this. This is, and it was Hillary Clinton. The Clintons were at their shit again. There's mm-hmm. always a common thread. And that Hilda beast raises her head every chance she gets to divide this nation. And in our high school, we were the same way. We could laugh and joke about stuff. But like all through high school, I dated a black girl. It was not an issue to me or to her or anybody in the school. I was the only white guy dating a black girl because I'm Italian. You know, I got it like that. I'm from the Sheboygan tribe. Yeah. Are you Sicilian is what we yeah, want to know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am. I am. I am. I'm a bastard, but I know my father's name, and I'm very Sicilian, brother. So Strong did you have a Cadillac go. with the trunk but, in it with a deep pile carpeting? That's what we... <laughs> no, hey, like, there you go. Every like, vehicle I've had is has a very large trunk space, my there friend. There you are, man. There you are. Uh, got to have that. But, it's uh, a it's a very peculiar stains you don't want to know about them. Yeah. No, not necessarily because I don't. I keep my I keep rubber on my uh, uh, ah, back gotcha. trunk area, so water. I can't. always thought that was where OxyClean came from. You know, it was invented by a Sicilian. You know, <laughs> it probably was. Probably, no, yeah. Any, anyway, so the point being is, you guys brought up some good points that really make me uh, think and laugh on this one, and I hope everybody else is having as good a time as we are. Dave is not from Ohio, and me and Dave had this conversation on the last show that I had on Sword Point Nine. And the funny thing is, I've never voted for a Democrat. This year I am. I'm voting for a local Democrat who's going to run for prosecutor. He didn't get funded by Soros. And anybody listening you know, in my area, Madison County, Ohio, um, if you're looking for a prosecutor, his name is Adkins. Please vote for him. Uh, he is a Democrat, and I have a Trump sign right next to his. It doesn't matter. Most of the people have Trump signs and Adkins signs. Um, so if one vote goes to him, thank you, Angel, and PSN. Um, because he's a good man. He's a good man and proven himself. The the thing me and Dave talked about on the show was there was one Democrat that if he was in my district, I would have voted for. He was a former sheriff up in up north towards the Cleveland area, Youngstown area, and his name was James Trafficant. And Dave can lead into more of it about I'll let you do the rant thing that he did all every week he, or every day during his time. And he would rail against the Democratic president, which was Bill Clinton. And the other thing he did was finally during the impeachment, he voted to impeach. That's what happened. That's reality. He did it within his own party. He was a strong man. For that, he was brought up on charges that no other congressman has ever been brought up on. It was bullshit charge. Went to prison and then accidentally in Youngstown, Ohio, Mafia Central, uh, besides Strongsville, uh, around that same area, though, mind you, um, his tractor and the guy that had his farm forever after he got out of the federal prison 
miraculously rolled over and killed him. Imagine that. So um, uh, Dave has a different experience with James Traficant, and I would love to have him explain it. Angel, I'm telling you, this guy was le- – you want to talk about myth and legend? James mm-hmm. Traficant was legend. Yeah, it was. Um now, I belonged for a lot of years and uh, still um, am a, a big advocate of the National Federation of the Blind, which has uh, absolutely nothing to do with any of my shows, and I don't speak for them in any capacity. I always have to say that. Okay. Um, but when uh, when we have our – or had, uh, back when Trafficant was in office, our Washington seminars, which was when we go to, to D.C. in uh, – January usually to uh, lobby Congress, our Ohio delegation would uh, roll into Traficant's office, and the first thing he'd see, he'd uh, say when he saw us was, "Hey, what do you got this year? I'll co-sponsor it." And to us, that is is very huge um, to get a congressman to uh, to agree to even look at our stuff uh, at the things that we wanted, which was. No more than just basically legislation um, to uh, bring us to uh, a a place of equality with our sighted brothers and sisters. That's all it really was, uh, usually, was was a big feat. But he would not only look at it, and he would not only commit to voting for it, he'd co-sponsor it. And I can tell you, when uh, when you're a member of a minority that's not um, very well respected as a minority, that's a huge thing. I agree, brother, but um, you had the other story about um, the rants. You used oh, to listen yeah. to them like I did on C-SPAN, but I wanted you to talk uh, about it more in okay. depth. The last orders, yeah. Um, these were la- called last orders or final orders. This was when, uh, when the congressional day was done and uh, members of Congress would uh, give little speeches in the chamber that they – meant to be on the record and he was a big government spending hawk which is also very uh, uh very much not in the uh in the vein of democrats of today and uh, too many republicans of today as well um and he would if it was a government program like spending money uh, to um study shrimp on treadmills and things like that um he would rent and rail against it and one of his favorite slogans after he went through two or three of these was, you know, beam me up. Uh, he was very much a uh, money conscious and conscious of the taxpayer's money. And it's just I really wish that I had uh, recorded some of those because uh, that was uh, that was congressional representation of the people at its very best. Oh, yeah. And he had balls that clanked when he walked. People for, people forget one thing, Angel, man. You're going to love this, brother. Uh, he was being interviewed by, I can't remember which one of the ass clowns, ABC, I think it was. It might have been Brokaw. It was somebody like that. And uh, they're like, well, everybody's wondering uh, where you get your hair cut because they kept saying he wore a toupee or something, which he, I don't believe he did wear. Uh, I can't remember. They showed his mugshot, and I don't think he was bald. Anyways, the point is when he got arrested by the feds. Uh, but the thing is, <laughs> the media guy goes, where'd you get your haircut? He goes, from a f- weed whacker. He he had I to edit himself. That. He had to edit himself from saying a fucking weed whacker. He said, from a f- weed whacker. 
like that. It was hilarious. <laughs> and imagine that on national news, Angel. That was a classic move. This is after he's been indicted and he's been sentenced and he's on, you know, he's waiting to go turn himself in. And he just was defiant to the end, man. He did not give a shit about anything because he told the truth. And that's. But at least, he didn't cur- at least he didn't curse on the news. He, he censored himself. He did. He self-censored. <laughs> but you can hear the pause. He's from a weed whacker. It was just... Anyways, that's the defiance that America had, and it was both left and right at one point. And it was because we were built on classical liberal ideas. And um, people say classical liberalism is the poison of America. I don't think so. I think the infection came from both sides. It was the neocons and the neoprogs. Mm-hmm. And it was exactly what David mentioned earlier, the speech that Eisenhower gave. And uh, I think that's an important message on this show. I had to reiterate that. My wife says I repeat myself too much. Yeah, repeating is good because people will realize that's kind of the important stuff. And maybe they'll do some fact-checking, look things up, and they'll come to their own decision. Look, I'm not an expert. I hate experts. I may know my shit on certain things, but I'm also fallible and able to be wrong. And I'm also man enough to admit when I'm wrong. Uh, These are just facts, and they have to remain facts about myself, to be honest, with everybody and myself. And I think Dave is the same way, and I know... That uh, oh no, I know Dave is that way. I don't have to think that, and I know that um, Angel is also. And you guys can close it out for a minute, or we can keep going. It rolls on as long as Angel wants to roll, and I'm good with it because this is a joyful conversation we're having about restoration of America and the myth of the myth versus legend thing. Oh, you guys can roll if you want to the end of the hour. I mean, like I said, Mitchell's not going to be on. So, <laughs> you want to keep hey, going? Go got, for it. We got time, baby. Let's do this, Dave. This is going to be an epic show. We've done this before. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll I'll tell you guys something. Um, and I don't know how how well we can uh, we can draw this into the uh, subjects, but what the hell? Um, <laughs> you know when when uh, Kaiser asked me to do this, I thought I thought to myself, I was like, eh. All right. Well, you know, I'm always happy to get the message out there to a to a new uh, new audience, and that's really great. You know, but I'm going to have to miss Barney Miller for this. Um. And I'm sure you heard a lot of bad things about me, and a lot of them are probably true. But I digress. You Barney, Barney Miller. Uh, you know, I got to tell you that if if you look at um, if you look at that show versus. Some of the entertainment, uh, some of the stuff that passes it off as entertainment today. If you look at that old show, um, what you usually got at the end uh, was was a good feeling. Um, there was you you never you rarely, if ever, got oh, came away from that show feeling like uh, someone on that program was treated like a piece of crap or something like that. And it was and it was full of laughs. It had two. Uh, well, every every guy, uh, every person on that show was was talented, but you had two guys on there that were piss your pants funny. You had Jack Sue, who I think was on Hawaii Five O, okay, and uh, of course you had Abe Vigoda, the guy that played fish. Um, 
And these guys had a sense of humor that was as dry as the freaking Sahara. And like I said, just piss your pants funny. I don't know if you fellas, either of you fellas are devotees of that program, but I'm I'm collecting it on DVD right now. That's how much I like it. I haven't seen it personally, but I am a Pagoda fan. Pagoda is very funny. Oh, man, you you got to watch it then. Uh, Abe Pagoda yeah. is epic. He, he was yeah. called Fish on that program. Yep, he was. Uh, a matter of fact, there was a spinoff. There was from that yeah. Fish. It was. Uh, it wasn't long lasting. No, but there was a spinoff called Fish, and it was his family after he got home from work. Mm. It, he's such a dry comedian, but man, it was epic. Yeah. Uh, people often ask me when I was a. Okay, I started being a military policeman in the army in the eighties. Mid eighties, okay. yeah, and um, then I went into the Marine Corps as a military policeman, uh, and then I went into federal service as a cop. People have asked me. Uh, actually, I didn't go into it. I transferred back into being a cop. I didn't. That was not my first agency. Anyways, the point being, they said, "What's the most realistic shows. Now, stylized, I used to love Miami Vice. It was just the stylization everything back in the 80s. That was the coolest fucking thing. And the chicks weren't but, bad either. Okay. Yeah, everybody wanted to be Don Johnson in the 80s because of the way he dressed <laughs> well, they, the chicks the my, cars. Yeah. My partner, my partner <laughs> in the Marine Corps was a black dude by the name of Roger Simmons. Loved the guy. And they used to call me and him because we were, we were bros complete. Crockett and Tubbs. That's not a bullshit story. That's fucking, we're like, there's Crockett and Tubbs walking in. But well, it's he, better than being called Ebony and Ivory. Yeah, well, oh. no, it, it was hilarious, dude. But anyways, we, we were just, you know, we were just lamping with flavor, brother. But um, here's the funny point. They've said, what's the most realistic movie on, or not movie, but television show on Cops? And I always said two move, two television shows, Barney Miller, there you go, and and Hill Street Blues. Ah, oh man, because, Dude. go ahead, go ahead. you see how the paperwork is, <laughs> you see how Ron Glass is typing, you see Fish type, everybody doing their paperwork. You see how you have to. Oh my God, I got to deal with this prisoner. I got to do this. I got to do that, you know, how encompassing it is in the paperwork wise. And then just the roll call they'd always have. And by the way, I forgot to, I guess I forgot to tell everybody, welcome to Kaiser's Castle. Grab your coffee, tea, soda, (laughs) oil salt libation. And so uh, we're good with that introduction late in the game. But it's uh, only an hour, man. You're good. It's only an hour deep. Yeah, the, the the ADD has really kicked in tonight, folks. <laughs> the ball is deep in this baby. Any, anyways, um, um, so those two things, just showing like the roll call, how mm-hmm. people are when they're going out, how it really, the different aspects of copying, the detective work, the regular line cop, the struggles those people have in their own personal life. And and I think they took those type of movies off because I believe they wanted, because you have to vilify the police to have a successful insurgency. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, and man. No, I no. That's right. 
You no no no. Uh, you, you, yeah, you know right. they you they right. took and, off the they took the I show am. cops off okay, the okay. air. Angel, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no I'm just saying they, they they took the show cops off the air for that yeah, same reason. Yeah. They did not, now. Um, the reason I got so excited, Kaiser, was because um, you just mentioned two of my favorites. Um, again, you know, I'm I'm picking up um, you know season by season Barney Miller. They mm-hmm. go to about season five at this point. Um, I think they had about seven or eight seasons. Um, and um, Angel, I'm sure you can find it on whatever streaming thingy there is out there. Um, and it's something you, you got to watch, man, because it is it is some funny stuff. Uh, a, a good example of uh, of uh, Abe Vigoda um, and his humor. Um, yeah, you know. Now again, this was. Um, the detective squad that Barney Miller represents, and Kaiser knows this, you know, had a, a big diversity of different kinds of people. And one of these guys was basically just a big kid, you know, um, Sergeant Wojohowicz, you know, and yep, their, yep. Their, their Christmas special, all right, one of their first Christmas specials. Now, they all agree in the office, um, you know, all right, we're not going to buy gifts this year. Okay, you know, eh, we're not doing it. Um, but Wojo goes out on a call, and he comes back with a bunch of, with, with a bunch of small Christmas presents and stuff like that. And, and you know, Barney, uh, Barney Miller, the captain, you know, uh, you know kind of tells him, hey, Wojo, I thought we agreed we weren't going to buy any gifts. He said, eh, you know, I didn't. You know, he, he, you know, because he, this is a guy that obviously loves Christmas and, you know, just loves the whole season. So he, they, you know, he goes up to fish and hands, hands him a, him a, uh, you know, a little gift and, and, you know, fish goes, oh, what's this? You know, and well, just, well, it's your Christmas present. Merry Christmas. And he goes, you know, who asked you? <laughs> and, and Wojo said, well, well, I just thought I'd give you a Christmas present, you know, and, and fish goes, you know, well, well, how'd you like it if I just came up and gave you a present? <laughs> <laughs> I can almost hear him in his voice saying that too. <laughs> oh man, I'm talking, Barney Miller. He was a comedian. That was his real name, I believe. Yeah, it was Barney Barney Miller? No, it was and, uh, it was um, Hal Linden. Hal Linden. That was, okay, that was yeah, a stage right. name. Yeah, you're right. I stand corrected. I, I don't know why I thought it was Barney. Anyways, it, probably because it was ingrained in me. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, Hal Linden was his real name, and he was—he was, he was Captain Barney Miller, by the way. Yeah, so it just, was. Yeah. yeah, it was. And 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 the the beautiful part about that was that uh, it's like Captain Castillo in Miami Vice, right? That was a bad, badass motherfucker. <laughs> anyways, I wish I could have lived up to that shit. But any, anyways, he was cool, dude. I mean, anyways. He talked a lot less than I do, but <laughs> the point being, uh, the point being that's that really makes me laugh is all their comedic styles were so different, mm-hmm. and yet you brought them together. I mean, Ron Glass, you didn't find out until he died that he was a homosexual. It was oh, oh, that okay. I just now small. found that out, man. That was, it was <laughs> just that small. It was that small of a deal. Nobody cared who people slept with. No Bro, you know, well, you know, you know, what blew my mind when I found out the father from the Brady Bunch was gay. I was like, really? Well, Mr. I Brady? I only found out about that like three years ago when uh, it would have been more than that. No, it might not have been. It was when, uh, who was it? Greg? Growing up Brady, it was either Greg or Jan wrote a book and they came on 
uh, it was either Jim and Sam or on Opie were still around. And she was plugging her book. So you guys fact check me on it. But uh, that's where the first thing where Greg Brady had a quote unquote date. It wasn't a real date. He's over 18 with uh, Florence Henderson. Or mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They yeah. Were yeah. They were. But they, maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. I don't know. But she said it was a very sweet little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've seen an interview about it and she said he just had roses. It was. Kind of creepy when you think about it. It's like he was dating his mom. That's yeah, you know. yeah. No, well, you know it's Hollywood, so they can. Well, do they, I mean, that's I got true. bored when I found out that Raymond Burr was gay. I was thinking, be kidding me, man! <laughs> Isn't it Raymond Burr? What the hell! But Anthony Perkins. That's the one that really like threw me for a loop because his wife died on nine eleven. I'm like, really, Anthony Perkins? Psycho? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hell again. You know, I didn't even know. I had no idea, not him or Ron Glass. But like I said, yeah. with Ron Glass, it's like, okay, now I can understand why the Harris character always dressed so well. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but to Kaiser's point about um, the humanization of the police, that's the Hill Street Blues. I do want to get that on DVD. But yeah. it, it costs over Great 100 series. bucks. I would I would love to do that. Uh, you know, hello? at some point, um, you know. Hello? I, yeah, yeah, Kaiser. With us, Kaiser. Hello, yeah. yeah hello, hello, Kaiser. Kaiser. Uh, Kaiser, are you there? Hello, Kaiser. Hello, Kaiser. Uh, he got lost in his own show. That's, yeah, that's, that's, not- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hard to do. I know. Well, I knew a guy who fired himself by accident once, and I'm not even kidding about that. What he fired? He fired himself. Can you imagine doing that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and, I've I've been involved in this in this podcasting crap. You know, I mean, um, from what Kaiser says, Angel, you've been involved in it for a long time. I've been involved in this for yeah. like you know seven or eight years, and I've seen all sorts of crazy crap. I mean, Jeff Mitchell, um, you know, who's basically my boss on EDL Radio. The first show he did, um, you know, it, it's it's on Blog Talk Radio, and you gotta you know like dial up and start the show that way and everything. Yeah, and uh, he he. He dials up for show one. Okay, and he started the show, and then he hung up on himself. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it took me off all by itself. Hold on, let me shut my... Yeah, your internet was shaky there, and then you just went off uh, of the grid there. Yeah. Uh, no, it's funny. I had a friend of mine who worked at an airline company, and what he did was... This is a funny story. He uh, he was um, involved in keeping records for the employees, right. and his, his little job was to make sure the employees had all their proper documentation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were up to date with you know uh, everything they needed for for flights, for example, uh, if they were going to be on board of the flights, uh, payroll stuff like that. You know, he was a major part of that department, and he, going through the computer, he was also able to. Uh, take people off of the list if they were let go from the airline. He accidentally took himself off of the employee list. <laughs> yeah, I kid you not. It's, this is a true that's, story. That's is, what her, 
his boss came, and this is an independent airline. It wasn't like a huge airline. It's like a small airline. So his boss comes to him the next day and he goes, you know you don't want to work here, right? And he goes, what do you mean? And he goes, you literally took yourself off the employee list. That means you fired yourself. And he goes, what? And he goes, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, you have to go back to, into the beginning of like training to be able to get your position back. We can't just give you the position right back. So he literally had to start from scratch over again, which took him three years to get into that position. Oh, dang. Oh, that's to be able to get back. So he, <laughs> he ended up firing himself and demoting himself when they rehired him. <laughs> and in that rehiring process, he told me, and he told me the story, we were cracking up. He told me that uh, when he went in uh, the next day, because he, you know, he left so early that day because he, he felt horrible. And uh, when he went back in you know, to talk to the boss, the, the boss was like, yeah, we're about 50-50 about giving your job back. I mean, if you can fire yourself, maybe that's a, you know an omen we should go with. And maybe just, you know, we should just part ways. So it's like a, you know, a good talking to, to be able to get another chance to keep working for that airline. Uh, so I do know somebody who actually fired himself. Well, that's, that, that's hilarious. I'll tell you, I, that brings up a, a memory for me, bro. You're going to laugh about this. I had, I was getting out of the Marine Corps. I ended up getting out in uh, July fourth, fourth or July third. But I was on Okinawa for June. Well, you had like seven days to check out, and I don't know. I had maybe two or three days left, and I'll never forget my girlfriend. She was uh, uh, Hogan, which is uh, Okinawan. uh, Rina Yurimoto beautiful young lady and she was in my barracks room sleep and uh my gunnery sergeant i'm in the toilet because i had a you know a toilet in my barracks room and i didn't have a no i did have a roommate at the time he was working and we had just had our fun and i was in the toilet and i i come out and I guess Gunny had staff duty or a sergeant of the day or whatever let him in to my room or it was unlocked. I can't remember how it happened. But I remember Gunny knocking on the door, saying, Chef, and I'm like, yeah, I'll be right there, man. And he, as I'm coming out of the toilet, he has just opened the door, okay? And I guess he thought it was me laying in the bed. Rena's got a sheet completely over her he hits the feet of her as i'm walking out i see him take the clipboard hits her feet and goes shuff get up (laughs) and i look over at him and i'm like i am up gunny and rena jumps up everything showing and goes huh now uh i can't remember his name he's a black gentleman uh certain or uh um uh uh, what was uh, he was a gunnery sergeant, and he he's shocked. A black gentleman turned red, man. I mean, I could see it in his cheeks, and he <laughs> looks at me and he goes, "He became Shuff. Native American real quick." I'm like, "Oh." He goes, "Shuff, you a dirty man," <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, I had to do what I had to do," and so he gives me the paperwork I needed to sign. I signed it. He's no longer looking at her. She's now covered up. But him hitting her feet and her startled jumping up and turning around. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was classic. It was classic. Ah, I forgot about that. Ah, but yeah, no, I was going to tell you. I was going to tell you. I was shocked when we were talking about that. I was shocked to learn a couple of things at a younger age. Uh, Rock Hudson and uh, Jim Neighbors being gay. Never would have known that. Uh, didn't even, wouldn't have believed it. A matter of fact, with Jim Neighbors for years, I, I was in denial about it. I'm like, no way. Um, anyways, James uh, Dean supposedly was gay too. James Dean. I would have I believed it if Jim Neighbors, but not, but not Rock Hudson. That one, that one got me. I'm like, dude, you guys are kidding me. No, Rock Hudson kind of fit the mold from my time in the army. That was when I found uh, out. About okay. Yeah. Uh, usually dudes that are dudes usually will swing both ways and and here's why i'll say this um one of the dudes that i knew growing up with uncle opie that's all I'll call him and Edie was his sister he was dying at this time okay but this is in the 70s hollywood squares was big and so when i mention a name you'll know why uh there was a guy from ohio paul lind Mm-hmm. And uh, Uncle Opie was a furrier. That's after he left the Navy, he became a furrier. I mean, he had a old Dodge with the tail fins, and inside the seats were all leopard skin, all real leopard skin. Nice. I mean, it was a vehicle, and it was a convertible. Oh yeah, he was he was lamping with flavor. He always had nice. on a robe. Yes, God, he was like Vincent Price, right? Yeah, and, yeah, I love the guy. Yeah, in pajamas. Well, anyways, uh, he he comes, he would come, and Edie would always have to get us out because uh, Uncle Opie's friend, Paul Lind, was stopping by. Ah. Yeah. And <clears throat> there's still, I think it's the same family line, but there's a Lind um, um, where they have... Uh, fruit trees. Uh, what do they call those? Uh, where they have them? Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, <man. laughs> kind of fits. <laughs> fruit. Oh, no. We <laughs> call that when you have a bunch of trees. Oh, man. It, is that? I'm. I'm. I forget. Apple orchard. It's an orchard. Orchard. Lind orchard. Anyways, you don't think I've heard of them? Yeah, they're a pretty big thing in Ohio. Anyways. The the thing is, somehow he's tied into that family. I don't know how. <laughs> it's not. Here's the coolest story, though. Uh, Edie would always take us over to um, the Jenkins when Paul Lind was coming over. So that was the neighbors. And we'd go over there and sit with them until, you know, Opie would call the neighbor's house. We were just little kids, man. And Opie never did anything to me or my twin sister. And this is why I say I know for a fact all homosexuals are not pedophiles because he unrestricted access to both of us, and that never happened. And here's the funny part about it. There was one time, this is a funny story, and it gives great credit to Paul Lind. Uh, He was in a movie. I can't remember what it was. It was in the 70s where he was collecting children or something. There was some 
weird thing where he was like trying to get rid of kids. I can't remember the name of the show. Anyways, um, he really did hate kids. And he didn't get us out quick enough. The doorbell rang as she's taking us out the door. And Opie looks, and I remember his face just going, oh, shit. And it was Paul Lind. We're looking at this dude from Hollywood Squares, and he's like, oh, Opie, kids. <laughs> it was such the risk. <laughs> Back on it. Now, it like, you know who, who I think everybody should have known was gay, but nobody picked up on it. And just by the sheer name alone, I think it would have been a dead giveaway. Hmm. Dick Sargent. The, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was, he was gay. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, and uh, and speaking of Paul Lynn, he was, dude was friggin' hilarious on 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 that show, Bewitched. I mean, he was, you know, yeah. Again, piss your pants, funny. Just yeah. a funny guy. But I want to get back into one other thing before we, you know, move on. Up. You know the uh, the humanization of the police in uh, in uh, you know in Hill Street Blues. You know um, again, one of the you have all sorts of different characters in that show, or had all sorts of different characters in that show. And I was you know every Saturday, um, I don't want anybody bothering me around midnight on Saturday because that's when the show comes on. They run two episodes. Uh, listeners, look for H and I. Um, in your local area, because they they run it on there, okay, okay, and and you um you know you have all sorts of characters on there, and there's I swear there's going to be some character, one of those police officers, detectives, whatever, you're going to identify with, and and um sadly, well sadly or happily or whatever, I always identified with with Detective Belker, and partly because he was always the odd man out. Um, you know, not and for, and for no other reason. Okay, he didn't have a partner, but he he always did his job, and you know he he had a lot of energy going for him and everything, and he was a human being, and you know, that was always my favorite. Plus, which I used to like when he growled at people. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> I I always liked. I I know what you're talking about and who you're talking about. I my favorite character was Renko. Hill and Renko. Oh yeah, those two. Their dynamic was just—it <laughs> was—it was fucking magic. You oh, can't yeah. say any bad word about that. Oh yeah, yeah, great and dynamic. That was the whole thing—the the dynamics of these shows back then. <clears throat> I mean, we're going down memory lane. Oh, word, man. Brother, I love it because this is—I guess—we're trying to show people. I love the way this show has flowed. Thank you, Angel, for this platform for me and Dave and Amen. you. Amen. Amen. Uh, because no we're going down to, I get, I, I believe, to tell people, you don't have to be this way. Yeah. You yeah. can actually have a beautiful life. Yeah. And, and, and just, I, I, I just got informed by you, Dave. Dick Cops was taken off the air. I no, that was, no, 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 that was Angel, but go ahead. Was that Angel? Okay, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, Angel. I didn't it's mean okay. to. It doesn't matter who gets credit. It's I, all good. I, I a, it was still terrible that it was taken off the air. I mean, that in America's Most Wanted. I mean, yeah. I, those oh, yeah, are two yeah. of the most important shows, I think, uh, for any uh, people that are, are victimized in this country. Uh, those shows yeah. have been phenomenal. Yeah, those are highly rated. How did they yeah. take those off? I used to watch oh. cops all the time, man. Yep. 
Black that, Lives Matter. That's how. That's it what happens. Yeah, yeah. 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 The yeah. cancel culture. That's what it is. Yeah, cops. Cops are evil. I'm evil, folks. I'm a fascist, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's fucking retarded, man. Any, anyway, you know the funny thing is, when I was in the '80s, it was hilarious as an MP. You know how many times I was called fascist by greenies? Green was the red back then too. Yeah. And people never realized it. I saw it on my nuke base. I saw it when I worked at Shape Supreme Headquarters Allied Protection of Europe. Uh I've seen this. And and it's like these thing these kids think they're doing something new. I was a kid back then. And dude, I wanted to know. That's why I ended up getting my degree in emergency management because I wanted to know the truth. I'm working on a nuke site. Uh and I went to like green things about anti-nuclear shit. And I, I used to believe that and, and think they were legit. Here's what I found out. And I mean this, I found out something that was funny. The military actually gave us the best education on nuclear uh, issues. That's the fact. And I, I credit them because I'm, I'm the most skeptical person on military things. But the information is sound. And you can go back to when it used to be called um, civil defense, which is now FEMA. All their, all their paperwork, it always jives. And there was a book called, um, trying to remember the name of it right now. I have it, and I can't see it. It's, uh, uh, I'll remember it. And, oh, uh, the author is Dr. One second, you guys talk about something, and I'll go look at it. I have to go grab it and tell you the best book to read to find out the truth on nuclear stuff. You guys talk about something interesting for a second, and I'm going to go grab the book. <laughs> well, here's a good TV show for you, good. and one that always uh, was a lot of fun. I see. I, I'm not, you know, uh, uh, that elderly. Uh, I, you know, I haven't been around since the the, the golden era of TV. Uh, but I, I did grow up on a lot of old TV shows. Remember Dobie Gillis? <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, I do. That was a that was a good, uh, you know, um, comedy. I mean, it was a uh, it, how to put it. Um, again, it was it was one of those comedies where um, really nobody got treated like a piece of crap. Which, yeah, you know, you notice this Angel from uh, ever since uh, oh probably ever since about maybe the 1970s, the, certainly the later 1970s on, almost every one of these uh, TV shows, from comedies and other things like that, there's always somebody in there. And this this happens on live, for live TV shows, live recorded ones, and for cartoons and everything. There's always a character that gets treated like a, like a piece of crap. You know, and right. I, look, I look at these things and I go, why is that, again... This is why we have the uh, part of the reason why we have the contentious society we do because for some reason or other somebody in Hollywood a long time ago decided that it was okay within a certain group to single somebody out and treat them like you know as less than for like, some reason like a piece of shit yeah that's and they've done it with it started really bad in the 90s uh-huh. and none of us saw this with married with children and oh, it, no. it showed the husband as a clown. And before, oh, yeah. we go, before we go down this path anymore, the book is Life After Doomsday by Dr. Bruce D. Clayton. And 
that book, the guy breaks it down, you know, what a nuclear war reality looks like. Because remember, back in the 80s, they had, oh, we're going to have global cooling once a nuclear exchange happens, a new ice age. Back then, it was going to be cooling anyways. And now it's global yep. warming. Yep. You know, and now yep. they they decided that's too tricky for them. So it's climate change, no matter how the climate changes. Well, we have seasons. So fuck them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that, that's the whole point of this. The, the funny thing is about climate change is they forget that the planet's been here for how many billions of years, and mm-hmm. climate's always changing. Well, world- and, they, and, and they forget something else, which is that um, our planet circles around a thing called the sun. And yeah. amazingly enough, um, our sun moves through the local stellar cluster, and that cluster moves through the this local portion of our galaxy. Yes, we're going to have changing weather, and uh, there are going to be times, uh, cycles, and things of that nature that occur, and it's not all going to have to do with people. We have a mini, minuscule effect on planetary weather. Oh, yeah. No, in fact, there's a, a good Joachari uh, uh Guys, just uh, I'll so quick. Uh, I saw a thing on Joe Rogan's podcast when he had a, a climatist. I forgot the guy's name, and he was really brilliant. And uh, he was talking about the uh, last ice age to now. And you know, we've we always get blamed, you know, because of the carbon emissions and the cars and the the cow farts. I mean. <laughs> Cows got a fart, I guess. You know, yeah. cows' lives matters too, and so do their farts. Uh, but you know, we get blamed for all these uh, current climate changes. Supposedly, they're going to happen. Uh, but even he said that the current condition uh, where the planet is is something that is trajectorily uh, by the statistics of what like he's measured over the last like say thirty years, and considering the data from like the research he's done from several hundred years in the past, that it's that, that humanity really has very very little input in the carbon footprint that has that causes climate change to a percentage so small that it doesn't matter if you take all fossil fuels out of the equation. We do not even make a dent into what is happening because it's a natural thing. The planet just goes through these cycles. It's always ever-changing. Pamspermia and all these other things that led to the evolution of the planet, if you want to believe that or not, doesn't matter. The one fact that does matter is the planet is always evolving and ever-changing, and that includes the climate. And we don't have data going far enough to tell us that, you know, it's hotter now than it was 10,000 years ago. Unfortunately, there was no body keeping, like, you know, that kind of temperature 10,000 years ago. We didn't have the Internet or anything of that nature. So, (laughs) you know, we're going by the last, what, 50 to 100 years, really? And they want to tell us the climate is our fault that it's getting warmer, this climate change. Eh, good of Thunsberg, you know, you should go back to school. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, she is back in school. She's back, in, and and by the way, we do have, we do have ice cores that go back several thousand years. But that, I mean, you right. can only really get estimates off of those. And, and yeah, in, it's uh, not a really accurate data either. You want something from, uh, from a different perspective, um, you know? Because now they say mostly the the globe is warming. But if you, uh, I mean, I'm surprised this is still on YouTube, but it's still there. It's an, one of those old in search of shows that um, Leonard With Nimoy Leonard used Nimoy. to do. Yeah. Yep, 
in search of the coming ice age people ice go age, and check yep. that out yeah go and check that out yep. hey, here's something funny uh those people can all eat a dick and i'll tell you why this is something <laughs> i've learned in my life i never thought i'd live to be 30 okay uh I, it was the cold war i joined the army then i joined the marine corps i wanted to get my war on i got it it was a golf war and then every suicide train that came down the track, I jumped on, you know, it didn't matter. And it doesn't matter still because it's my addiction. Adrenaline has become my addiction. It's a real addiction, by the way, folks. Um, I'm an adrenaline junkie and it's not, a, I'm not a war junkie. I'm an adrenaline junkie. And the only fix for that is getting shot at that adrenaline in that dump. There's no drug that can meet, beat that. Trust me. I guarantee that. My point being is I lived longer than 30 years. I'm now 52 uh, in a game where most people die young. And I will tell you this in my opinion, and it is my opinion, and that's the only thing I'm expert in is my own fucking opinion. Um, I learned that this planet's going to burn and die when it's supposed to burn and die. God controls that. And guess what? I could be talking with you guys tonight and have a massive coronary, or I could step out in the street and get run over by a fucking bus. Mm-hmm. It matters not. I'm going to die on the date and time that I'm supposed to die. And there's just too much information I have from life experience that I understand. And I think I even said that on the PTSD show we did on, um, future theater, uh, angel with, uh, Nancy and bill Burns and the doctor. I can't remember. I always forget his name, Dr. Liebert. No, I don't forget his name. I do remember that. Um, that was probably the best show I've ever done. And now this, I think is going to be probably, replacing i'll have to listen back to it uh that opinion this may become the best show uh just because we're talking real and it's a good conversation and by the way folks bill and nancy burns politically probably don't agree with me and angel and we had a great time talking and they were beautiful people and still are and that's something that i think americans need to hear I think I need to do a rebroadcast of that on your network again, brother, because that was a really, really good show. And you can tell that even the doctor, I think, leaned left. And, but it was a really lovely show. And uh, this one has been awesome and full of comedy and laughs. And good Lord, we've had fun. I agree. Uh, Miss Boone and Nancy Burns. And, uh, uh, they're doing well. I talked to uh, Nancy not long ago, so shout-outs to them. And I want to say thank you, Angel, for um, allowing me on your show. It is um, it is very much appreciated. A bit of a rocky start, but uh, we got in and, and uh, got it done, and, uh, you know, it was really good. And, uh, Kaiser, you know, if you want a good name for this show, you know, at this point, um, I'm beginning to think that it, it, it should possibly be, uh, you know, Shuff, you're a dirty man. 
I was thinking about dirty, dirty, dirty bastard. You know, but dirty man works. Dirty bastard is better because it's more descriptive and real. So yeah, let's go with dirty it's shorter enough market too. Yeah. Yeah, Shuff the Dirty Bastard lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist from the lands of... <laughs> yeah, we can, we can rhyme that. The land of fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My reality is everybody else's fe- uh, fantasy. That's exactly correct. That's funny. That's why you but live I, in your own castle. That's And that's why... There you are, uh, man. There you are. You're your own Deadpool. Yeah, there you go. That's why it's better myth than legend. I'm myth. I'm not legend. <laughs> We've talked about real legends. One of them, James Trafficant. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are people that balls walk when they clank. And females, don't think you ain't got balls. You're packing ovaries. They're just balls inverted inside, baby. So that's the reality of genetics. And that's what everybody wants to deny is there are two sexes, not... You, you just ruined uh, going down on a female farm for the next week. You know that, right? It doesn't matter. They flow <laughs> out, too. You know that. <laughs> you know, it's a give-receive DNA thing, man. There's there's cellular matter exchange. That's the important part, and it's the fun part of it. So, yeah, man, this has been Angel. I don't know. How much more time we got, or are we going to um, have to wrap this up? Well, we can wrap up if you, if you want the next minute. Uh, okay, if you want, yeah. if you want to, that's cool. Okay, with that being said, Dave, uh, closing comments from you, brother, and then I will uh, put this thing to bed with my classic sign off. All right. Well, um, you know, I um, you guys have heard at the first part of the show where you can find me and all that kind of stuff, and I'm uh, also available on social media, uh, primarily Agador. That's A G G E D O R, the space monster, not the other creature. Um, on Gab, that's where I like to hang out because I'm banned off of Facebook, and I just want to say to everyone, um, you know, be prosperous, be vigilant, and be blessed. And I want to thank both of you guys for a fun evening. Dave, it's been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure, brother. And Angel, thank you for this evening and making it happen on Castle Talk Radio. And with that being said, folks, I do have a Discord. That's my social media. Um, And it is Castle Rock on Discord. Uh, That's my social media you can find me on. And with that being said, thank you all. We're stopping by, sitting on my big orange couch, grabbing yourself a coffee, tea, soda, and your adult libation, and enjoying an epic two-hour talk with two of the best men on the planet, Dave Milner and Angel Espino. He likes the way I say Espino, so I'll say it again. It's very Italian Italian of you. (laughs) I know, brother. Make sure to uh, donate. To the things that you enjoy, such as PSN Radio Network and SoFlow Radio. Right now, times are hard on everybody, I know that, but remember, it's only the price of a couple cappuccinos that you can donate some coin to uh, the network itself, and that would be much appreciated, and I don't get a penny, nor do I want it. It all goes to the network. And with that being said, love you all. Slowly raise the bridge as you meander on out the door of Castle Talk Radio. God bless, be well, be safe. Shuff out.